Hello, everyone. This is Myra with Halipule's Everyday Ayurveda and Yoga podcast. We've had some great experiences recently with our guests doing panchakarma and dosha balancing. I love to see how people wake up when vata dosha calms down. They often say they feel like a new person. I certainly did when that happened to me. And when pitta calms down, then we can see how it's much better not to sweat the small stuff and walk through life in peace instead of impatient and angry. Each of the Panchakarma guests who's been through this awakening reminds me of how each of us goes through transformation. Each generation goes through changes and the people who've been around a while may see the good of the past and some good in the new things. But when it seems like there's so much negativity around, it's easy to stay focused on it. And the media is feeding us a lot of negativity these days. When people respond to this with fear, then the negativity just grows in all of us. But then some people may find that this is a good reason to wake up. Many of us who've been around a while would agree that people are having more health problems, both mentally and physically. What happened? Well, there's more orientation outside the home, both physically and mentally. And there's lack of spiritual connection, lack of connection to our higher self. We trust ourselves less and feel more disconnected from nature. During the 20th century, there was a shift away from mainstream religions. They seemed too confining to many of us. People seemed to be looking for something with more freedom fewer rules and less punishment. But since then, there have been a few generations of what we might call nowhere land, spiritually speaking, and many people now feel really lost and empty. The material stuff just isn't that satisfying, and it seems to many more hopeless when our health starts to fail. And for a lot of people, escaping the, the dogma of organized religion felt free, but then having no tools to cultivate spiritual connection to our higher self, it took us to a dead end. And trying to fill the void in all sorts of ways, with food, shopping, relationships, work, drugs, alcohol, I could, the list goes on. This external focus to find all of our answers has led a lot of people to look for something deeper, Hence, this increase that's now happening in yoga and Ayurveda. After all, when we hit the bottom, there's nowhere to go but up. And this is a waking up of sorts. I've noticed that people in their 20s are having the kind of significant health problems that we used to see beginning in the 60s. But now we're seeing more interest from the younger folks to change their ways because they've recognized that it's not a natural thing to feel bad most of the time, and that there are more possibilities. Many people have really habituated themselves to not feeling good, that that is just the way it is. And the physical and mental pain that so many people experience nowadays has at its root a lack of connection to our innermost self, spiritual connection. It's so encouraging that people are looking for additional choices to resolve their pain. You know, yoga and Ayurveda guide us to look inside for our answers, for the solutions. 
if we let ourselves be guided to clear knowledge and our own truth, then we develop some discernment, which is called vivek in Sanskrit. And this is what expands the light of our consciousness. This is how we find true freedom in life. To do the opposite, to trust that external sources, such as elected leaders or corporations or doctors, that they have the answers, then we just really descend deeper into the darkness or what we call tamas. And when we cultivate sattva, which is the Sanskrit word for balance and harmony, and work for our spiritual well-being through our interconnection to our higher self, then we allow in the light and can create a shift, a waking up. Yoga and Ayurveda are really simple at their core, with the intention to bring light where there's darkness, which brings healing. The practices are often more complicated, and this is to satisfy our overactive minds. There's so many techniques that bring healing and improvement on all levels in life. But if we lose sight of the real purpose of these scientists and identify just with the techniques of the practices, it can bring a lot of confusion and frustration and even disillusionment. Instead, we can stay with their purpose, which is to allow us to remember ourselves, who we truly are as eternal spirit, and to live a sweet and full life. It's important to keep it simple to work with teachers and practitioners with integrity who are in the practices and consciously in the process of awakening themselves. And we also need to remember that it's an individual journey. Our teachers, our practices, and our tools are just to support us in our own experience. The direct experience of our true self creates the shift within us where we wake up to a broader perspective of life And then we actually can see our part in the entire play of life. The sciences of Ayurveda and yoga will not change at their core. To truly touch that core, we must maintain the holistic approach and the spiritual foundation, connection to the Vedas. And this is what I've seen bring great healing and awakening. Each person's interpretation can enhance the usefulness of these sciences to the masses, or it can create a dilution of their power to heal. But I found that when the interpretation of Ayurveda and yoga seems weak, that people will look for more because we know we have a knowing inside of us that it's there. And as we're willing to dive deeply ourselves, the wisdom of these sciences will be here for us. The texts of Ayurveda and yoga were originally in Sanskrit, not in English. So there are many challenges that come from the translation as well as the interpretation. I teach Ayurveda and yoga to many Japanese students. And so I'm very aware of the difficulty in translating complex thoughts from one language to another. I found that how an individual interprets the content matters greatly. And I take this into account with how I teach my Japanese students and, and in selecting the interpreters that I use. And so you can do the same when you're looking to study Ayurveda or yoga. 
find a teacher or a practitioner who truly embodies the teachings and understands the nuance of the text and the importance of a holistic and individualized approach, meaning the context is most important in any situation. The texts of Ayurveda and yoga hold large amounts of wisdom, but taking them literally can lead us to confusion and dilution. As the discussion and the descriptions are from the individual context, and they aren't one size fits all, then they're not necessarily to be literally applied in any situation. So I was thinking about this and I thought I'd share a few examples. From Charaka, one of the classic Ayurvedic texts, it says, do not go barefoot. Now, in India, there are cobras and there are many other creatures that can be life-threatening. Now, many yogis feel it's a good thing to go barefoot on the earth to rejuvenate and connect with the earth energy. And so this, of course, we're assuming there aren't any toxic chemicals on the earth where you're walking. And obviously, you want to walk without threat to life from poisonous snakes or other creatures. So you can see that this could have been good advice for that particular person at that time, but it's not something to be applied to everyone everywhere. Another one from Charaka is when he talks about having meat when vata is highly deranged. And then later in the same text, it says that the suggestion of meat is purely scientific and not looking at the energetics which would most often suggest not to have the meat. So within the text, if you're taking it literally, there's contradiction with different situations. So we can see how it's a set of principles to be applied to the individual situation. Another example is vamana, a a controlled vomiting. And this is something that's used very specifically in Ayurveda. But Sometimes in yoga trainings, I hear these days, that it's given to everyone. So it doesn't consider the individual and their needs at the time. The practice is being applied in a one-size-fits-all way, which is the contemporary approach. The teaching of yoga was originally one-on-one between teacher and student. So the practices would be given to the individual considering their current state of health and their level of commitment right at that time. And this is the same in Ayurveda, where the principles need to be applied to the individual in their current state, considering their life and its requirements. And then another example was fruit is the most sattvic, so yogis should eat them extensively or even exclusively. And we have a client who followed these general instructions, eating only fruit for an extended period of time in a cold winter during an advanced yoga training. He was instructed to do this, actually, as part of the yoga training. He ended up significantly vata and pitta imbalanced. He suffered greatly, physically and mentally, and it set his practices back for a year and a half while he healed. When you're looking for a practitioner or a teacher, go beyond looking at the mechanics of education and certificates to see if the energy supporting their offerings is substantive, and if it's in line with what you're looking for, have a conversation with them. And referrals are a great tool for finding a practitioner or teacher suitable for you. Also, take a look at their writing or website because it should give you some indication of their attitude and their approach. 
And then there's a few other points to look for. Find a teacher you feel aligned with, but who also challenges you. You can miss a lot by going only with personality. And look for someone who's farther along their path than you. Practicing and studying longer than you will usually, but not always, but usually, indicate someone at a deeper level that will have something to offer you. By recognizing and working with a teacher that has the depth you'd like, it helps to shave off the sharp edges of our ego, and then we can grow in our consciousness. So it's not about the certificates they have, but about how this person is embodying the teachings in their life. Does it represent where you'd like to be in 10 or 20 years? As you walk through your personal awakening, remember that the best teacher you have is your higher self. Take what you're learning and direct it inward. Learn through your own direct experience, and you'll never forget what you know. Thanks for listening. As a reminder, we offer trainings and consultations that can guide you along your journey to health. If you're ready to take this next step, visit hollypule.com. That's H-A-L-E-P-U-L-E.com. For daily inspiration and to learn more about what we do, follow us on Instagram and Facebook. In Ayurveda, we understand that we each have a unique constitution. Halipule's tridoshic approach is ideal for families and supports multiple constitutions. You can cultivate sattva in cooking, knowing that you're making meals that support everyone's constitution. Subtle adjustments may be required, but it doesn't need to be a stress point. To learn our tridoshic approach to create nourishing meals, Join simple Ayurvedic cooking with Halepule. The recipes are easy, delicious, and will leave you feeling energized. And the link to join is in our show notes.